succession planning have you recruited people mm -hmm. that you know will come into this organization and advance it even further than you were able to mm -hmm. so you know people look at me surprised when I say well your first job is to find someone better than you to take over and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> really that is your first if you really want to improve the organization do that welcome back to the leadership my name is Richard Hortness and I'm so excited to have you on board this is episode number two of a bunch of special episodes that will be released and then curated for the show, where students from our leadership and personal development course become the guest hosts for the day. They sit down and ask questions to people they admire and want to be like in the future. Today's guest host is Devin Matson. She interviews school district board member Rotarian and storyteller Laura Dixon. Laura has been a member of the Delta School Board for several years, but with her roles in the Rotary program, she's found her way into schools as a sponsor of the Interact program as well. She's known Devin for a few years, and the relationship is obviously strong between these two. Laura puts her own thoughtful responses into each of Devin's questions and drops a few knowledge bombs along the way. I'm excited to share this quick one with you. Let's dive in. Okay, so Laura, thank you so much for joining me on this call. As you know, you're a leader in my life, and today we will discuss leadership and the roles it plays in your life. So if you would just go ahead and maybe introduce yourself or give some fun facts about yourself, go for it. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great uh, topic for students to be thinking about, but I bet you already know a lot about leadership um, because leadership often is is a skill where leaders can bring other people together for projects or topics that they have a joint interest in. So students already do a lot of that, and you're one of them. You're already a student leader in your school. So um, you're familiar with many of those attributes. So what are fun facts about myself? Well, um, in terms of defined leadership roles in our community. I have been in uh, serving on the not-for-profit sector. So those are organizations, for example, Delta Youth Services, Delta Boys and Girls Club, District Parent Advisory Council, um, Delta Board of Education, in those roles for um, on their boards for over 20 years. And so those children, youth, family serving agencies need a lot of support from people who have some skills about um, how to do exactly that, uh, figure out the work, set the goals and be able to plan and align staffing and resources in order to achieve those goals. So that doesn't sound very fun, but <laughs> what it is, is finding something that you're passionate about, finding something that's extremely worthwhile. And for me, it's worthwhile to children and youth in our communities. And it's developing the support that you can uh, provide leadership by finding other like-minded people with other skill sets and combining it in a way that achieves what's needed in our community. So it's, uh, it sounds kind of abstract. I'm sure that while we talk, we can get into some more tangible examples. Gotcha. No, that's perfect. So you and I have gotten to know each other through the Rotary Interact connection. And I'm curious how you got involved in Rotary. Well, once I was elected to school board, which is now about 14 years ago, one of the things I missed was my volunteer work in the community. 
school board can be um, an intense role sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And I missed the fulfillment of making those positive connections through, through the volunteerism. So Rotary offers all kinds of opportunities for people, whether it's a local community event, an Easter egg hunt with a pancake breakfast, or something much more complex on the international stage, like trying to eradicate polio and everything in between. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to have the opportunity to work with our local high school students. Um, I think the club felt I had a natural connection there. (laughs) So, um, and it's one of the things I love to do is, of course, um, work with young people who are inspired to do social responsibility and have a natural sense of um, wanting to give back themselves. So it's been a fabulous connection. Perfect. Well, you've been very helpful to Joelle and I running the Interact Club over these past two years. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an interesting year, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's been a funny one. But no, you've been very good at helping us find our way and come up with ways we can still give back to the community and take on a leadership role within our club. That's been very helpful. Well, you guys made it easy. Thank you. So other than connecting with the youth, do you have any other leadership roles within Rotary or have you taken on maybe a lead in a volunteer event? Yeah, well, I'm I'm a past club president, so that's a fair bit of work in terms of ongoing maintenance. Thankfully, they only ask um, everyone to serve in their executive roles for a year, so you have kind of a lead up as as you come into the president role and then kind of coming back down. but yeah, the, the club president role was an active one there. Um, but it's not the only organization I volunteer with. I, um, I have a number of organizations that I commit some time to. And one of them um, is Reach Child and Youth Family um, Services. So I serve on the foundation board there. Um, Rotary, we have a separate board for a separate society, our charitable society, and I serve on the board there. Uh, so there's, there's, there's always... Put it this way, in the not-for-profit world, there is more good work to be done than there are people available to do it. Gotcha. So there's, there's uh, you know, quite a number of, of different organizations that, that I apply my time to. And that seems to provide the right balance between sometimes what's tough about school board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, school board, we spend a lot of time on politics and budgets and collective agreements and, you know, yeah. things that they can get quite hard. And especially this year, what we really missed is being able to be in with students because sometimes when you, when you find that you're really in the middle of, of some of the more difficult tasks that come along with this job, once you're in the schools and you see the students thriving, it it gives you the context. And so we're missing, we're missing that piece. Gotcha. So with that being involved in all these different committees and charities and all that, do you find that there is one that stands out where you feel that you've made the strongest impact or do you think collectively together they all kind of give you that fulfillment? I would have to, I, school board is not a charity, of course, it's elected public office. Um, but I think in terms of impact, some of the impact, I could point to things like um, successful student outcomes or balanced budgets or successful collective agreements. But actually the sense of success that I have there is some of the work I've done with my provincial colleagues in organizing around uh, student mental health. And so that's something I I, uh, chair of my provincial association's mental health working group. 
And in that work over the past 10 years, we've seen um, finally a provincial mental health and schools strategy been established. Mm. And that's got to be some of the most gratifying work is actually getting, if you can imagine, and trying to mobilize an entire system and find an organizational yeah. structure for it and start to implement it Absolutely. In, into schools. It's it's a bigger piece. I, I will I won't be alive to finish this work. It will always be necessary. But I view it as it's almost like creating a pathway and you you keep you keep extending the pathway a little further in your work, knowing that other people will come along behind you to extend it further but you've, you've created a path for them to follow. And so often when it seems overwhelming, I'll say to people, I know this seems big, but don't lose heart. You know, you, you are creating that pathway and it will be e- easier for others to come along. So I've, I've seen a real sense of progress in the last 10 years on that work, but just within Delta in, in, on school board, we're one of the, the, the districts that has seen the most growth in terms of overall student achievement, increase in um, graduation rates for students um, that have diverse learning needs, increases in Indigenous student grad rates. You know, there's a lot of data that points to success, mm-hmm. but nothing nothing feels like that success until you're actually with that grad class at the valedictory event. Yeah. And, you know, you see the people um, you see the students who've worked hard and they're off, you know, to the next stage of life. And, and there's that sort of more tangible sense of, you know, every year at graduation, it's, it's a celebration because it's a lot of work that goes in from behind the scenes to help students get to that day. Right. That's amazing. And in Delta, we have a hundred percent graduation rates. So wow. yeah, that is wild. <laughs> so things, you know, things go well and mm-hmm. that's, that's fulfilling, but it's, um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of a lot of good work out there. One of the things about leadership, I think, a lot of people have the sensation or the sense that leadership is about somebody having the right answers mm-hmm. and saying this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. Yeah. And I said said earlier to me, leadership is a much more collaborative exercise, and it's mm-hmm. the skill of being able to bring people together and harvest the best ideas and the best energy in order to make something work. And so Mm -hmm. for me, a leader isn't, isn't that, that figure that says, I know everything and you need to follow me. The leader is what do we collectively know? Lift up the people that, that are really lending something exciting and something very worthwhile and, and I always say to people that are thinking about joining a board mm-hmm. or an interact club, yeah. is, you know, go and find the people that you know, maybe know a little bit more than you. You know, I always say to people, your, your first responsibility is to leave it better than you find it. So I have a little bit of a policy bent um, I'm good at governance. That's all the policy making and the rule following. You know, if that's your thing, make those policies and procedures better than when you found them. If you're getting on a board, think about one day you're going to be leaving that board. Have you thought of the succession planning? Have you recruited people mm-hmm. that you know will come into this organization and advance it even further than you were able to? 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, people look at me surprised when I say, well, your first job is to find someone better than you to take over. And they're like, what? <laughs> really, that is your first. If you really want to improve the organization, do that. That's and it's where people start thinking the leadership is about them. Mm-hmm. And they start thinking it's about their own their own status. Yeah. And you find that pretty quickly they lose their way. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really great way to look at it. And it was really well said. No, I think that's really important, too, because when people don't reach out to the group of people that they're working with and that they're leading, then maybe you stray away from your initial plan. So for me, leadership doesn't look like, hey, follow me. Mm -hmm. It looks more like you're the conductor with the baton in front of the orchestra and you're just helping it play all the same music. Perfect. But they each have their own diverse role. And the other really key thing about leadership is don't just go out and find people that think like you Mm -hmm. or have your same background. What we're learning about high quality organizations is they have a diversity of voices at the table, people with lived experience. And there is a tendency and a bias. I mean, when I say go out and find someone better than you, people tend to be more comfortable finding somebody that is fits a familiar mold mm-hmm. right and and they have a sense of uncomfortable with you because we share a background or we share experiences mm-hmm. and real leadership is stretching yourself beyond those boundaries and bringing in truly diverse voices that can show you perspectives and lived experience that you don't know yeah. And so that's a tough one in leadership mm-hmm. because you, ha- you have to come out of your own comfort zone and go to places you're not feeling so in charge yeah. <laughs> because you don't know. Uh-huh. And that's so true. I feel like even with myself, I find I definitely drift more to partaking in things I'm comfortable with or people that I'm comfortable with. Like I'm not one in a social setting to go like most of the time reach out to people I don't know stay with my close group of friends and I know for myself that is something I want to work on Mm -hmm. it is and and it's it's there are stretches that are I mean I'm not asking anyone to jump out of a plane without a parachute and just go go for it (laughs) what I am saying though is is you know small stretches Mm -hmm. start doing the reach out and to your point about being comfortable with people that perhaps you're not familiar with, again, in a social setting like you're referring to, or perhaps in a leadership setting, um, sometimes you accept, well, of, of course I don't know their experience, but I can listen. Mm-hmm. I can ask questions and I can learn. Yeah. So even in that social setting, it's not so much about having to put yourself out there, but showing an interest in others. Mm-hmm. They'll find you fascinating. They'll think you're the most brilliant person in the room because you listened to what they had to say. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect. And I know for me, you've been a leader in my life and have guided me with Interact for these past two years. And um, one thing that I find you'll always mention to Joelle and I, whenever there are lots of opportunities being thrown at us, You've always stressed to only take on what we feel we can manage and work on to its like full expectation and full potential. And you've kind of passed that on to me. I know now when I'm planning and making my own schedule, I'm very strategic and I uh, don't overload myself as much. But how did you get to that point where you could kind of recognize in a situation what was too much? When am I taking on too much? When am I spreading myself too thin? 
Trial and experience. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> trial and error. <laughs> Go through the experience. Um, figure out. Yeah. Part part of it's that. Ultimately, what I discovered early on, um, certainly in in you know, twenty years ago, starting to serve all of these child youth family serving organizations, the number of requests that would come to you for committees, projects, meetings, and so on, it could be overwhelming. So at some point. Think about at least a mid-range goal, if not a long-term goal, and say, how does this pertain to that? Like, this is a really good request, and it's really worthy. Mm-hmm. But is it is it going in the direction I need it to go? Or is this a bit of a tangent? In which case, accept two things about leadership. One, you're not always the best person for the job. Mm-hmm. And if you have to say no to something or step away from the job, understand that the next person who fills your shoes will do it differently and by differently Mm -hmm. I don't mean better and I don't mean worse I just mean differently Mm -hmm. and understand and accept that so I came out of one particular volunteer role on a board and they couldn't fill the position for over a year oh and I hope this doesn't sound like ego but but I think the feedback really taught me something they came back to me and they said We couldn't fill it because you did too much and no one felt that they could give that much time to this role. Ah, gotcha. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So sometimes you have to leave a vacuum so that others see the need to come in Mm. and take their share of leadership. Yeah. So, you know, if you're having to say no, because you know, your plate is already full and you won't do a good job, but you're worried that there's not someone there. Mm Mm-hmm you have to make space for those other people to come in. They're not going to necessarily come in and try to push you aside. They're going to, so they need, they, people need to appreciate there's a need for the skill set. And then when they come in, celebrate, if they're doing it differently than you would celebrate it. Don't say, well, I would have yeah. <laughs> done, done it this way or that way. And so the, that feedback that I got, Laura, no one wanted to do it after you because you did so much. I went, I should have been better at delegating. I should have brought more people in. That's what it taught me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a validation of I went flat out and, and it was crazy. It was, yeah, yeah I, I should have done a better job. And, and so now in my, my current role in school board, I'm currently serving as a trustee after being chair for over six years, which wow. is an unusually long time to be chair of school board mm-hmm. because I, I, Having learned from the past experience, I went, I haven't done enough for this organization to see what success, successful succession planning looks like. Mm-hmm. And they need to become comfortable that leadership is not one person, but it's the entire board. And mm-hmm. it's the system the board uses for visioning and strategic planning and stakeholder voice and representation that leads to success, not the individual that has the title of chairperson. Mm-hmm. So now we're busy bringing in other trustees into the role of vice chair and chairperson and delegating to other jobs because based on that previous experience and the feedback I got, I realized you can't just make it about you. Don't let people perceive that that's, that's what, and it, it, you don't want it to ever become, well, when you've had a long serving chair, that that's the way everything has to be done. There are good ways and new ways. Yeah right? For an organization to adapt to a variety of styles and different ways of thinking. So in terms of 
your your specific question about how do you prioritize and how do you know, mm-hmm. you are going to have to think about a certain scope of activities. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to think about as you're, as you're moving forward, um, does this fit within that? And then not being afraid to say, thank you. I'm glad you asked, you know, unfortunately I can't take it on right now. Um, you know, I'm happy to support you in finding, you know, someone that can, you know, and, and you, you know, kind of lend your support in that way. So I, the other thing I hope, you know, there's a lot of skills I hope young people have by the time they're 30, it's having those difficult conversations and finding a way to set some boundaries for yourself and finding a way um, to say no. That, and and so that when you say yes, you're confident behind that yes, and you're excited to say yes because you do have capacity, you know. Yeah. No, I feel like that is a very good skill to take, and I know I have learned that from you over these years with Interact. I used to be wow. the one I would take on everything, and I would be up till three a.m. in the middle of the night because there was not enough time in the day to get it done. And mm-hmm. I've learned that that is not really effective, and my quality of work goes down. Yes. Right. Mm. Yes. Indeed. It's there's nothing wrong with working hard. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um but it is you're right, it is important that you're able to do your best work. Um and there is a balance. And and I'm not saying sometimes it won't feel like things have slipped out of balance. Mm-hmm. They will. You know, that yeah. that does happen. But um it's 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 just fascinating to me how some people, the busiest people I know, never say they're busy. Yeah. They're just doing the work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yet I run into some people and, oh, I'm just so busy all the time. I'm thinking, (laughs) alrighty then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, in all your time on the school board and working with your charity organizations and with Rotary, you come across a lot of leaders and people in leadership roles. Have you found that there is maybe one strong trait or something all of these people possess that makes them a leader? Relationships. Okay. They prioritize strong, empathetic relationships with people. And they're hard workers. They're probably the smartest people in the room, but they never let you know it. Mm-hmm. They wait until other people, they're generous with listening and they wait to give their input if it's needed. And if other people have already given that input and they've let those other leaders and those other ideas shine, they don't necessarily have to say anything at all. Gotcha. So the leaders I know, they're always leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, the leaders I'm thinking of specifically are, are in the education sector, but but this is true of all the child youth family sector that I've been working in. They always know what the most important thing is, and that's the young people we have in our care. Mm-hmm. And they they always remember, even in the time of crisis, that it's about those relationships. So even though you might have an an incident with a student. And now you have a very upset parent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting, you know, this is a big deal for people. Um, 
they will always remember that even though it might be tempting to engage in with that parent and that upset, they don't because they know at the end of the day, they have to keep room for that relationship to become positive again. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the people I know that are exemplary leaders end up having really top quality people surround them that really know their stuff because they make it easy for those people to feel supported and they're constantly supporting their own learning and they just keep attracting really high quality people to their team because Mm -hmm. again it's about relationships it's team-based and they're all about offering support to others that those are the most successful leaders I know Think about a basketball team. Mm-hmm. You had a whole basketball team of players that did nothing but flawlessly shoot three-pointers. Mm-hmm. But nobody knew how to pass. What good is that team? Mm-hmm. No they good. They can't defense. They can't, <laughs> they can't do anything else. Yeah. They have no teamwork. So you don't need just a bunch of stars. You need a team. You know what? I think and that is... be generous. Very well said and the perfect takeaway for our call. <laughs> you know what? I know. Now, I have a lot of things, too, now that I feel like I listening to you talk now, there's a lot that I'm going to go reflect on, too, for myself and when I'm placed in a position of a leadership role. And I found this really helpful. Good. Yeah. Good. And, you know, it, no, you go. Go for it. Well, I was just going to say, when you when you are in leadership – one of the tougher things is building up those trusting high quality delegating relationships. Mm-hmm. And it feels sometimes like it's going to slow you down because you guys yeah. spend time teaching them, showing them or whatever, or For sure. hopefully supporting them. Yeah. And it's okay to let other people try something and have it not work out. Some mm-hmm. people are experiential learners. So you toss something over to them and you say, well, let me know if you need any help. Mm-hmm. You need to trust them enough that they will tell you if they do need help. But yeah. if things don't quite work out, You'd be surprised what they learn from next time. Yeah. And ultimately in leadership, you you have to wear it. Mm-hmm. If something horribly has gone wrong, it's your phone that's ringing. And sometimes it's the simplest examples, you know, like the things that you think are no big deal at the time that give the best insight. And I remember striking a committee I was on a parent advisory council Mm -hmm. and we struck a committee after surveying students and staff and parents about priorities with the budget and it was determined that it was going to be new playground equipment Mm -hmm. so we set up a committee of parents to help work with find bidders find the appropriate equipment da 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 and I said to the chair of that committee I said now you might think that everybody's going to be super easy to get along with and what pro- possible problems. This is just happy stuff. We're building playgrounds. Yeah. But there's going to be a problem at some point. And I said, when mm-hmm. there is, that's what I'm for. Then mm-hmm. you come to me. Cause you're just, I said, as committee chair, you do the fun stuff. I'll handle the problems. She's like, there's not going to be any problems. <laughs> <laughs> and she would come to me and she'd say, okay, she says, you know, now it's time to pick the colors. You pick. I'm like, you're the chair of the committee. It's your committee. You guys go pick the colors, right? Yeah. So she's, I'm trying to make it fun for her and give her the autonomy and the decision-making and everything. And sure enough, there was a parent that was upset about 
something to do with the size of a particular piece of equipment. If we didn't hit a fundraising threshold, the piece of equipment wasn't going to be as big as she thought mm. it should be. And she was upset. And ironically, so then she was discouraging people from going to said fundraiser that would have provided the hands oh. <laughs> <Yeah>, on. <laughs> yeah, sabotaging yourself. So, yeah. So she was doing this and it, it was a real problem because then we had a whole other team of people who were in charge of ticket sales and planning the event and everything. And they're getting upset. And I asked one of them, I said, this is the other thing in leadership. Do you want my help? There. That's a Don't good jump out in front of them, right? Do you want my help? You, you let me know. Mm-hmm. And so the, the one person in, in charge of sales, no, no, I've got this. And eventually she said, I, I've run out of options. I've tried everything. I can't get through to her. I'm like, okay. So she, she gave me permission. And I walked up to this individual and I said, so I understand you have some concerns. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't want to fess up to me that what's been going of on. Of course. And so then I thought, okay, she doesn't want to say what the issue has been. So I said, so you'll be coming to the fundraiser then? Oh, yes. And you'll be bringing your friends. Because all the people she'd been talking mm-hmm. down to. She says, absolutely. I said, okay, so-and-so is going to be in touch with you about ticket sales. We we met the goals. Meanwhile, the poor playground chair is thinking, ay ay ay, like how could this be controversial at all? Yeah. And so, you know, I always think back to something like that, and I think there it is on a little tiny micro scale, some of the problems that you can blow up into multi-millions of dollars. Mm, <laughs> you know, for and, sure. and big issues. And it's it's things like that little playground fundraiser that that was a great example of what happens when, and I, I said to this individual that was causing all the issues, and she had these problems, and I said, so how come you didn't want to be on the committee? Like, we advertised to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Anybody was welcome to join. So when people come up to you and, and you're the leader, you should, they should, somebody should be doing this or that. And I'm like, you're welcome to come on the committee and help lead that. And all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting watching uh, people's response. And it's, well, yeah. you know, you've got a bunch of volunteers working as hard as they can trying to come up with a good result. You need to support that team. Totally. And if things are going sideways, you need to be the one to say, I'll deal with that part. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Leadership is a team effort. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Yeah. I feel like that's a really good key point to take away from this call. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like you've provided lots of examples. And I really enjoyed all your stories you shared. And I'd oh. just like to thank you again for meeting with me and sitting with me to chat. Yeah. Got a lot of insight on this topic. And I know I picked the right person. Well, thank you again so, so much. I'm not going to